Welcome to the No Dongs Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, January 17th. Yeah, buddy. I'm Jay Skeets. Alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. What a trip. The power of audio, huh? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery. Taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. And last, definitely not least, making the magic happen. What an intro. It's JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Tomorrow, it marks the 14th anniversary of the start of this podcast. Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. JD's killing it today, boys. Oh, my goodness. Yes, happy 14th anniversary to this podcast, starting as the Basketball Jones. Way, way back, January 18th, 2006. Yeah, and those were all the intros that we've gone through throughout the years. That was uh, that was fun there, JD. A nice little yeah. surprise for all of us here in the studio. We didn't mm-hmm. know that was coming. That was nice awesome. little treat at the end of the show too. Ooh. Ooh. Well, I can't every single wait. quote from Tass. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, and remember, and remember. All right, guys, follow us on social media, both Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com/slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. And don't forget to grab your official No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. Fix a look shop. Guys, this could be a long, epic drop here. we got a lot to get to. We're going to pick our all-star starters. We will fill out our definitely not real ballot because uh, they don't give us one. Uh, we'll explain why LeBron James would beat a horse at the Olympics. Uh, it's going to be a fun tweet of the night. Tweets of the night, I should say. And, uh, hey, Southern Lawyer, we got ourselves a trade. That's right. Teague headed back to the Hawks. We can break that one down in a little more detail and a lot of rumors sort of uh, spiraling off of that, both from the Wolves' side of things and the Hawks. But first, quickly, just last night, some pretty uh, incredible games. Not a lot of games on, but some fun ones. Brandon Ingram drops 49 points. As the Pelicans, uh, they survive a disputed late call at the end of regulation, once again involving Rudy Gobert, and get it done in overtime. This was the Ingram versus Mitchell show. Both guys going for 45-plus. So much fun. Back and forth affair. Um, you know, I don't have a huge question off of this. I don't even, you know, it's not, is Ingram an all-star? He probably will be. Um, or anything like that. But the Pelicans snapping the Jazz win streak, just your takeaways from this game or how entertaining it was. Well, the fact that Brandon Ingram hit a game winner was a great sign for me. Even though it wasn't a game winner that was called back, I think the the entire Twitter sphere is calling it a game winner yeah. because that bogus call on Rudy Gobert afterward. Well, I, and the Pelicans went on to win yeah. in overtime, so it's just an extended game winner. <laughs> right. Well, I was debating whether or not the, the game winner you said, Skeets, that he uh, should be an all-star. He definitely should be an all-star. I was debating whether or not that game winner gave him a little bit more recognition because it was taken back or if it was actually a game winner. And I think maybe because it was taken back, it gave him a little bit more spotlight because mm-hmm. people are talking about the Pelicans a little bit more because of the foul call, I think. And people are <laughs> noticing, whoa, Brandon Ingram, what, what, what is this guy? Who is this guy? And it's great that he is taking that sort of that number one role, has really exceeded expectations. His talent level here in New Orleans after moving on from L.A. has met opportunity or or whatever one of those cool sayings goes. Uh, and he's fantastic. And Zion Williamson is the number two when he comes back uh, next week, which is kind of odd to say, but he's really taking the reins. It was nice to see uh, the Smoothie King Center bumping for that game. That's uh, the very exciting part there. For a franchise that uh, with Anthony Davis, you know, sort of forcing his way out, and then, then unfortunately the Zion injury, it's 
it was it looked dire at times, like for even just being a franchise in the foreseeable future with uh, oh, sure. what was going on there. Maybe that's uh, maybe I'm exaggerating a little much. Maybe I'm not, but uh, I like that. I love the energy you saw from the crowd because it was a great game. And then yeah, oh yeah, Zion's coming back next week. I like when the seats are full, by the way, in the Smoothie King Center because the seats are ugly. Yeah. So I don't like <laughs> seeing those chairs. Those I've been in, I've been there yeah. in, in purpose and person and. I, I, I want New Orleans to succeed, but I also want a remake of that those pleathers. <laughs> they're not they're not so nice. They need to be ripped out. I'm gonna be uh, the bad guy here, and I'll say that I actually think that foul was the right call. Okay. Uh, the reason. So you being, think Jackson Hayes was holding Rudy now, Gobert? I didn't get. Uh, we didn't get like a reverse angle look. I didn't see one. We only got the sort of front on and the side on. And from what I could see, like Rudy Gobert is is being pulled down, and Jackson Hayes. There's some jostling. Jack- There's some Jackson holding. Hayes there kind of then no throws doubt. his hands out. The referee is in fantastic position, and he called it. And I actually think, as much as it sucked and it sort of took the air out of the uh, Brandon Ingram's game winner, yep. I think the referees made the right call. I'm so glad, though, that Pelicans went on to win <laughs> yeah. in overtime. The ball don't lie with Rudy only hitting one. Simply yeah. because the last time these two teams played, there was a missed call on Rudy Gobert that would have sent Brandon Ingram to the line to give him the chance to send the game to overtime. And instead, uh, this time, the Pelicans go on to win. But I will say for Brandon Ingram, the points are fantastic. Uh, shot the ball well, got to the free throw line, 16 to 20, knocked those down. He's an underrated playmaker. 100% true. Underrated. Ad- he, uh, he, I thought, especially when they started throwing more guys at him because he was on fire, yep. some of those little dump passes that to he favors would, to favors were yeah. gorgeous. And, and, and for a young guy who, who's really having his first breakout season where he has the opportunity to take any shot, he kind of has a green light there. For him to have the composure in close moments like that to find the right play and make the right pass, I think, is, is, is more significant in terms of his growth than just being able to score. I think coming out of college, we knew he could score. We knew he could shoot. He just hadn't really developed that yet. This year, that's come along, but he's also added uh, something more significant to his game. And it was awesome to see. It's almost a throwback the way he was hunting mid-range shots because he's got the Dirk-like qualities where once he gets to his spot, he's so long and tall that you're basically not getting a hand on it unless you're Rudy Gobert. And, you know, he had a nice challenge where he got called for a foul, and then the next time down it was Royce O'Neal, who was guarding Brandon Ingram, who was a lot shorter than Rudy Gobert, and that was the bucket that could have been the game winner, was the game winner in waiting, if you will. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's such a double-edged sword with that foul call, because you're right. It was a foul call. It was a foul. There is no doubt about it. But also, you can't just not call the foul because a guy hit a game winner, but also, in the last couple of seconds, suck that whistle down, refs. Yeah. We don't need every single foul call. I, I yeah. just think I, it was a foul, but I think this is where common sense kind of has to prevail. There was also another defender in Derek Favors on Rudy Gobert at the same time. He was right there, so I, I don't think... Rudy Gobert was going to touch the ball anyways. Like he was, he was kind of out of the play, in a way. So I think does does it really matter? Does it matter if a guy gets yanked on the sideline when it's a lob pass? I know he wasn't on the sideline, but if you get what I mean, he wasn't really going to affect it anyways. I think the refs got to say, "You're not going to touch it anyways." No call, and it's yeah, and it's I, two point two seconds left. But I understand it. It was by the letter of the law yeah. call. Yeah, and I think, again, I just go back to the referee's position. He's looking right at it. He had a great, unobscured view, and he made the call. So I think we have to give the referee credit for that because he's probably thinking like, oh, man, do I have to call this? He's probably, you know, I mean, who knows? He's, 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 he's in the, that arena where they've just had an exciting moment. He's like, all right, 
I mean, you have found, but I, I think as well, Jackson Hayes's reaction uh, sort of shows you that he knew he yeah, was doing he, something. He, yeah, he didn't help himself. No, that's for sure. No, a young guy, yeah. you know, think he'd get away with it, and he didn't. But but again, the the fact that the Pelicans were able to sort of because uh, Alvin Gentry was fuming after the game went to overtime. <laughs> well, wouldn't you be? <laughs> yeah, like, of this course. could have been of if course. they went on to lose it, or especially if Gobert hits both of them, they just lose in regulation. Yeah, um, that would have been like the third game they sort of got taken away from them. Third yeah. win that they got taken away. So from. for the f- the fact that they were able to then go on and, uh, and finish. Maybe Jackson Hayes was like, you know what? I want to see if Brandon can get 50 tonight, so I'll extend the game a little bit here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got to make your free throws. He had 50. Yeah. He had 48, went to the line, yeah. only hit one or two. That was too bad, but well-timed by Brandon Ingram and also Donovan Mitchell. It was a double day yesterday. <laughs> They're not going to be getting into the All-Star starters, nope. but if you're going to both uh, have 40 spots, might as well do it when the votes count twice. Uh, 100% true, and and I think you're uh, just keep an eye on the box scores and some of these uh, huge lines you're going to see in the next couple of weeks here, as I think some of these players, these borderline all stars, uh, they're <laughs> they're going to be gunning a little bit for uh, for some recognition from these coaches, and it doesn't hurt when you go for yeah 49 or in, in Donovan's case 46. Look, Ingram was was playmaking. He was getting to the line, like you said. Mitchell was just cooking the Pelicans, too. Like, no Drew Holiday. That hurt the Pelicans' chances. Uh, obviously a great defensive player. He was, I thought, embarrassing. Like, guys like Frank Jackson and Etuan Moore, who played pretty good deal on that last one, sort of in the overtime there, and, uh, you know, helped Mitchell miss the, the, the layup attempt. But other times, I mean, Mitchell was having his way with those guys. And it was, go check the highlights. I mean, even if you watch the 10-minute uh, condensed version here this morning, you're not going to be disappointed in this game. It had it all um, back and forth. But Ingram, he's I think he is going to be an all-star selected, and deservedly so. Guys, 26 points per game, 7 boards, 4 assists, 48% from the floor, 41% when you bump it up from 3, 86 from the line. And his usage rate has skyrocketed uh, since becoming the go-to guy uh, mm-hmm. from the Pelicans, obviously coming from the Lakers. He's up to around 30% usage rate. I mean, it's close to that. So he's being asked to do a lot, but he's remaining efficient and obviously getting buckets. He's also going to be in the conversation, I think, for most improved. Oh, I think so. I don't so. see how he, you know, yeah. how he isn't. There's some, there's some second-year guys that especially started hot, like a Devontae Graham. Um, we talked about Kelly Oubre. Mix. Kelly Oubre's uh, definitely improved. his... Uh... His case seems to be falling off a little bit. I think that Ingram's got to be the leader right now. Yeah, especially because over you know the last couple of seasons, it, it is that the voters tend to like that idea of like, hey, you were good, and then, wow, you might be great. Like you mm. went to an all-star level, and that's sort of what Ingram's going to have in his back pocket there. But that's a long time from now. Fun, fun game. And again, Pelicans snap the Jazz win streak there. Uh, the other game from last night is just to, we can quickly touch on the Celtics. They, they, they scrapped their way back into a game against Milwaukee Bucks, but the Bucks survived. They held on. They improved to 37-6. and six. The Milwaukee Bucks are 37-6. and six. They, This was a weird game because they had, like, two massive leads in yeah. this game. Bucks up huge. Celtics sort of come back. Bucks, it was with Giannis on the bench. It, you know, make it another huge lead. Oh, and here come the Celtics again. It was... Uh, a strange game. What's the takeaway from this one for you? Yeah, I think the Bucks they built that early lead and probably took their foot off the gas a little bit. Celtics came back in. There was no Jalen Brown there for Boston. Uh, Gordon, uh, excuse me, Kemba Walker was was brilliant for yep. the Celtics. Um, but it probably got a little closer than I think the Bucks would have liked it to have been towards the end. But the, but the question I take out of this one is: seventy in, in play here for the Bucks? I mean, they're on pace for it. Seventy wins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Sure. With the way they handle their business and go about taking yeah. every game so seriously, I think it's in play, yes. I mean, I, I I, guess my gut still says they'll fall short of 70. Yeah. 
But my goodness, it's got to be 65-plus at this point. They've only got six losses, and two of them came in the first week of the season. They started 2-2. Two and two. That's pretty crazy to think about. So, yeah, um, I mean, this doesn't seem like a team that's ever going to take their foot off the gas no. or rust. I mean, maybe once it gets down to the last week of the season, it's like, what's the point of playing Giannis? We've locked up the number one seed. Do we know who we're going to be facing in the first round? Perhaps then you're sitting, and then you're getting into the nitty-gritty of you need one more win to get to 70. It's definitely possible. There's a... Um, the playoff gear will be the question for the Bucks because they're going to be great for the entirety of the regular season. And then, as we saw last year, uh, they petered out in the playoffs. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, It's good to win games, even mm. if it's in the regular season. Winning 70 games is pretty cool. Yeah, and I think uh, Giannis is the MVP leader again right now. I mean, he's been, I think I've had LeBron up there, but I think Giannis with what he's doing and with what the team is doing um, win-wise, he's, he's sort of stretching that lead quite a bit as well and that might factor into it as well with the Bucks if they're getting close do they feel if, if Giannis has wrapped it up or if he needs to keep playing those games to sort of secure the MVP will that be a factor but mm. uh, I mean right now like the Bucks, it just sort of feels like whenever they want to put their foot down they can take the game away from anybody that's almost like the Warriors in their sort of prime days there where you know teams can kind of hang with them for a bit but when they really feel like it uh, they're just so much better, and they and they can do it at both ends. And and last night, you know, Boston Boston had a chance to sort of steal this game, but they just couldn't. And, yeah, uh, they fought hard. I mean, yeah. the only reason, really, too, the Bucks were up whatever twenty five or whatever it grew to, as big as it got. I mean, they couldn't miss a three. Yeah, that was a huge 10, part of it. Yeah. Like they would have been winning regardless because they're still a great team at that point. But it just would have been a lot closer in the box score because they the first half they couldn't miss. Everybody was hitting threes. Dante Divincenzo was on fire, and all these guys. And George Hill can't miss all season. It's yeah. It's will that will that continue in the playoffs? But the games like this are good because I liked when Giannis went to the bench uh, in a lot of this game. Well, the Bucks were fine. Mm. I mean, they were they would hold their own or even build the lead any, any, uh, even a bit more with some of these guys coming in. So that's a good sign for the future. Yeah, the fourth quarter was just a little bit weird. It seemed like a football game where one team has a lead, so they're just running the ball the entire time. That's the Bucks. They posted up Giannis like time and time again, just letting them booty on down there. Whereas <laughs> the Celtics were on the other side. They were throwing bombs. They were throwing Hail Marys, five threes in the fourth quarter. And, you know, uh, the slowdown offense doesn't always work in the NFL, doesn't always work in the NBA, but they had a big enough lead that it ultimately did not matter. It mattered to us with the pick but we'll get to that <laughs> Indeed, later. Uh, indeed. That was infuriating, that part, but uh, that's a little <laughs> bit later. Uh, all right, let's get to the Hawks-Wolves trade. Yesterday, the Hawks and Timberwolves, they pulled off the second trade of the NBA season. Uh, it was a blockbuster. Atlanta traded Alan Crabb to Minnesota in exchange for old friend Jeff Teague and Travion Graham. Woj, the first one to break this story. The move reunites the Hawks with Teague, former all-star point guard, whom they traded prior to the 16-17 season. Who wins the trade? Um, or, you know... What are the Minnesota Timberwolves doing here? However you want to go about it. What did you think about the deal yesterday? Well, the Hawks won because they got the better player. And they're trying to win games. So Hawks fans are yelling and, and screaming, well, why are we trying to win games? And then, the, I mean, you can still win games in the NBA. That's still okay. I think that I think it's all right to try and win basketball games. Yeah. And that's what they're trying to do. And in the Eastern Conference, as we talked about on our uh, midseason, Mark – word association uh, podcast anything can happen in the east anything can happen so they won and i guess the wolves are are, are looking at trying to acquire d'angelo russell but the odd thing is apparently jeff teague's contract could be added to somebody else's contract in a multiplayer trade you could trade jeff teague with somebody else for uh, d'angelo russell in a trade but you can't trade alan crab with somebody else according to john hollandry of the athletic can't aggregate him with another guy so that's that's 
that obviously makes it a little bit more difficult to trade for uh, D'Angelo Russell, which is an interesting move. Maybe they need a three-way deal, most likely, I would say, because mm-hmm. I doubt the Warriors are looking at multiple players on the Wolves that they want long-term. Uh, so that's where we are. Yeah. What would you guys think from the Hawks getting Teague? I mean, it's a bit of a Band-Aid solution. He's a free agent at the end of this season. so That's all right. It was an open wound. Yeah. When Trey when Young was on the bench, the Hawks were being outscored by 14.1 points per 100 possessions. Yeah. Brutal. Um, if this is just in, in any way try to appease Trey Young to say, look, we've got you some support here. It's kind of like, okay, but what's the long-term deal? What's the long-term play here? Because... Uh, Maybe that's yeah, it. Yeah, but it's a, it's like back to your band aid. It's like, hey, let's stop the bleeding. Yeah, first. I, okay. So I, I guess I guess the Hawks are hoping that will will do enough to sort of keep Trey happy for the remainder of this season. Should Teague stay? Uh, yeah, he's because a good point. He'll be a good backup point guard if he plays his role. He's yeah, a but decent. I just I mean, guard. how many more games are the Hawks going to win with, with Teague there? A handful, maybe. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. It's okay, a, but look it about this. Cost them anything? Yeah, yeah. all all three guys of all of this are expiring contracts. So there's yeah, you're not tying yourself down any more money. And I think Hollinger. I, I like this point that I saw him on the Athletic. The Hawks maybe are doing this. The whole idea of like yeah, of course they want to win more games. Everybody does, but it's really it's yeah, it's really de- the development. Getting another guy like Teague. It's the development in their other young players in your Cam Reddish in your DeAndre Hunter in your Kevin Herter to have a real competent backup point guard another guard a vet to help push those guys sort of into the right roles so now you have a real point guard out there for 48 minutes and I think that's that makes a lot of sense that he could just help getting a guy like Teeb could actually help them uh, I see the reasoning there from the Hawks. Absolutely. Kevin Herter has done an okay job distributing the ball. He's almost at four assists a game, which I think is probably where he would top out ultimately. But he's a catch-and-shoot guy, really, is what he's going to be if he if the Hawks ever become something with this core. So he needs somebody to pass him the ball. Uh, Teague is a dude who pounds the ball, but yeah. he can still break down a defense. He'll be good against second units and just a little bit more professional. At least there's somebody there to hook up the guys that Trey Young can't hook up. The only thing with Trey Young, though, uh, excuse me, with Teague when he was here with Dennis Schroeder, they didn't get along. Mm -hmm. And he felt that Schroeder was there trying to steal his job. So he doesn't have a great reputation of sort of developing guys. Now, maybe he's matured. Right, matured or been humbled a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And and that's, I guess, what the Hawks are hoping for. And and if that works out, then those young guys, it's great. Absolutely. But... Overall, I mean, I don't really see a whole, you know, whole overhaul here from the Hawks. I don't see much more changing unless they've got another deal that they're looking at in mind to uh, to somehow use Teague there. So we'll see. I mean, Teague, yeah, he's he's quick. He's kind of underrated with his uh, ability to play make at times, but he he does tend to hang on to the ball as well. So we'll see. We'll see what uh, what he brings to Atlanta because he's been to Indiana, he's been to Minnesota, and. Things. I mean, he's he's probably looking for a fresh start as well out of Minnesota because it's pretty ordinary looking at that roster right now. Yeah, uh, on the from the Wolves side of things, you know, some people are wondering. Well, maybe they they're just going to take a flyer on Alan Crabb. He used to be a good three point shooter. He hasn't been this year. Um, the Wolves are really leaning into that that type of game. Take a ton of three point attempts, which they do. Um, they rank third in the NBA, jacking up nearly thirty nine per game. They just can't hit them. They're one of the worst teams in the league in terms of percentage-wise. Well, maybe Alan Crabb can suddenly find you know some of that magic uh, that helped get him the big contract because he was a, a good three-point shooter for a good chunk of time there. He just had a bad year. It frees up another roster spot, like Tass said. Maybe there's more moves to be made. Is it trying to get a, a better point guard to then pair with Carl Anthony Towns? Possibly. I saw at T-Wolf's blog tweet, though, who is the new scapegoat? 
mm. for the Wolves because a, a lot of uh, Minnesota Timberwolves fans, you know, would, would point some blame at Jeff Teague because he struggles at times, like get the ball to a Towns, mm-hmm. and you know, he's not an elite point guard. I think we all agree with that. But is it Wiggins again? Will be the scapegoat? Yeah. Um, can't he, he, they say it can't be Ryan Saunders yet because he's got another good twelve months uh, <laughs> before he could be? It's, it's true. It's like probably Wiggins again. Yeah, it's going to be Wiggins, and I mean, maybe you'll get a little bit of Jarrett Culver uh, scapegoating here because he has also not been very good. He's shooting somehow 44% from the free throw line, and this was a guy in college who was a like a decent free throw shooter, and I don't know, it at least gives uh, a little bit more responsibility, even more so, to Wiggins and to Culver, and the Wolves are going to get a look at those guys, see how Wiggins can, can hang as the number one guy who is supposedly going to be distributing the ball because... He's basically going to be doing all that. And Culver also was sort of a, like a, a James Harden-style yep. shooting guard, point guard in college. So they'll give him some shots to try and get the offense going. But nothing's going to happen until Towns comes back. Your offense is going to be bad until yeah. you get your best player. Shabazz and Napier playing the point there, too, for the for the Wolves. He's been all right, actually. I guess they liked him more than they were getting from Teague. Because he go. Um, the Athletics, Shams, Sharanya, and John Krasinski reported that the Wolves, they continue to pursue that D'Angelo Russell and they've had discussions regarding moving Robert Covington. Mm. Covington, so hot right now. Bobby. NBA trade deadline. I love that. I love when a guy like Covington is suddenly the next hottest thing. <laughs> and he's a good player. I, you know, I was making fun of it a little bit last night on Twitter, saying I like when that deadline thirst turns guys like Covington into the next Scottie Pippen. Because that's what happens. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, and again, he's good. He's a good 3 and D guy. But, uh, okay, okay, let's, re- let's relax here. Everybody suddenly wants him. Will the Wolves make some more moves here? Like, and what is there to be made, especially with this? Like your task, you were saying this crazy little Hollinger note about you, you can't even pair Crab with another guy to move him. That's wild. Yeah, what the hell I, are I they doing that? I didn't CBA it, but I don't understand it. Why that? <laughs> why that's the case? Yeah, it's strange. It is definitely strange. Unless they have a three-way deal in mind, mm. I'm sure they mm. want to go after D'Angelo Russell, but it's also hard for the Warriors to trade apparently before the ne- before the trade deadline, and it'd be easier in the summer because they're not hard capped right that makes sense i guess but uh i think i think i don't know it seems like the wolves will end up with d'angelo russell because gotta remember the warriors didn't give up a lot for d'angelo russell well they gave up kevin durant well they didn't really give up (laughs) kevin durant i mean he did come from the brooklyn nets kevin durant apparently said hey i want you to trade for something for me you can't just let me go you got to get something in return i don't want the uh the history books to say you traded me for a draft pick, so get D'Angelo Russell back. So I don't think I don't think the Warriors will desperately hang on to him. I think they're going to trade him at some point. Right, just maybe not here before the deadline. Yeah, maybe yeah. not. Maybe not. I think there's uh, a bit of value there for Russell. He's been good at times for them, so I think they'll also try to drive up the price if uh, if Minnesota becomes desperate. Mm-hmm. Just a little concern though, if Minnesota is trying to pair Russell just because he's friends with Towns. A little concerned about that, <laughs> but he would be you don't the like best player. Or what? I like friendship, but uh, these you don't let the players sort of decide who they're playing with, you know, because it, if it backfires, then what happens? Well, it is a little weird too because they've talked. Um, who's the, the Wolves GM? Uh, Rosas. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. He has talked about like how Teague he didn't really fit the style they wanted to play because he's dribble, 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 yeah. a little bit more penetration, not really swinging the ball, and and you know like that. Well, that's sort of Russell, too, yeah, a little well, bit. So that is, a, uh, you know, he's a much better player than Teague. Um, but he sort of does the same thing, just being a lot younger at it and a lot maybe better at it. So, yeah, hmm. we, we'll see if uh, Russell en- ends up making his and way. If they get to Devin Booker as well. I, I'm with you, Tass. It does feel like it is eventually going to happen. Yeah. I, I just, I'm with you. I don't Maybe not before the deadline, but maybe in the summer. That's it. 
He's going to get there. <laughs> He's going to get there. Yeah. It feels like one team doesn't really want D'Angelo Russell as part of their future, and the other team desperately does. So yeah. why wouldn't they make it happen in some way, shape, or form? And, yeah, they're buds, and maybe that's not a great sign. That being said, the Wolves need good players, and who are the best players that have played around Carl Anthony Towns? They had Jimmy Butler for a quick run, mm-hmm. but besides that, KG. That's right. That's KG. right. Silence. Hall yeah, of Famer Kevin Garnett. KG. Yeah. <laughs> Year 20, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, that's about it. According to Yahoo Sports, Chris Haynes, the Hawks, back to them for a second, they're no longer engaging with the Detroit Pistons on a trade that would have landed them all-star big man Andre Drummond. That now dead deal, in theory, would have sent Detroit, or would have seen Detroit, excuse me, receive Damian Jones, Chandler Parsons, or Alan Crabb, and a first-round pick for Drummond. So, you know, Crab, of course, now to Minnesota, so that part's not happening, and I guess this is done anyway. OKC's Steven Adams is also on the Hawks' radar, and talks could potentially pick up steam as the deadline looms. What do you, what do you think of that little yeah, tease? You'd love to have Steven Adams have, in Atlanta, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, we could do stuff with him all the time. He'd be great. <laughs> uh, I definitely think the, uh, the Hawks could use another big, another body. I think he fits that bill for them very well. I think, uh, I think it'd be good for John Collins to have another good, solid vet there. Yeah. So yeah, I I would like it. Um, but why would the Thunder do? Yeah, it? exactly. The speculation, of course, is like, yeah, we're everyone's interested in every other team's good players. <laughs> sure. Uh, how, what are you gonna, you know, what are you gonna give up to in order to uh, acquire him? But uh, and we know Sam Presti, man. If he if he calls you and he's making a deal, walk away from it because you know he's gonna hose your hose <laughs> you for sure. But if you are the Hawks, do you like the idea of going after someone like Adams more than Drummond? I do. Uh, yeah. I like just the veteran presence a little bit more. I think Drummond is no doubt more skilled, but I think Adams brings more winning qualities to a team. Uh, he's going to be, you know, setting the screens. He's got the defense figured out, not necessarily as dynamic as a rim protector as Drummond would be, not even as dynamic as a rebounder as Drummond would be, but I think you're learning more from Steven Adams than you're learning more <laughs> from Andre Drummond. I agree with that, but what's so funny about that is Adams is 21 days older than Andre Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. That's so weird. Yeah, he it doesn't feels seem like, like a young six guy. Years. Yeah, he feels like six or seven years older than Drummond. Who also feels like he's a lot older than 26. Mm. Both those guys being 26 is a But Steven Adams has also played on playoff teams for his entire career. He has been on winning teams. He just, he knows the NBA a little bit better, I think, than Andre Drummond would. Yeah, and I don't think there will be any disputes as to who gets the ball Mm -hmm. with Steven Adams. Well, Andre Drummond, he definitely wanted to play make a little bit more and Mm. was a little disappointed when uh, Blake Griffin came back and... He didn't get to touch it as much. So Steven Adams knows that that's where he excels, and then he'll be fine with that. With the way the Hawks are roll, excuse me, with the way OKC are rolling right now, it's tough to see them moving Adams um, unless they just got yeah an unbelievable package coming back, and I don't really see what that would be from the Hawks. Chandler Parsons. <laughs> Is he all right after his accident? Yeah, he had whiplash or something yeah, like that. Yeah, car crash. Uh, one more nugget, actually, from Haynes, guys. According to his sources, Grizzlies rookie John Morant has decided not to participate in the NBA dunk contest during All-Star Weekend in Chicago next month. Maintaining good health for the duration of the season is his main priority, again, according to Haynes' sources. Now, the good news from Haynes, Morant hasn't ruled out participating in future dunk contests. Okay, that's good. There's that little nugget there. And word is, coming off of this, that... Miami Heat high flyer Derek Jones Jr. is going to receive a formal invitation. We had talked about in the past. I thought he had maybe already had, but I guess he hadn't. Just um, had to save the date. But maybe, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so now the official evite has been sent <laughs> to Derek Jones Jr. We'll see how he responds. 
I, I guess, look, it's a bummer. I think uh, everyone, no one would have been upset to see Morant in it mm-hmm. with what he can do and at his age. And I guess I'm a little bummed too. It sounds like it's not going to be six dunkers. The more I think about it now, if this is the case, it's we're going we're going to stick with the four. So who is the four going to be? Mm. I mean, it's it's going to be well. I don't. We don't even know. Is Hamadou Diallo going to get a chance to defend? We there's been I don't think any word on that. Uh-uh. And then Zach Levine's a maybe if he's in the dunk hunt. <laughs> if he makes the All Star game, he'll maybe dunk. Aaron Gordon has talked about wanting to dunk again and maybe battling Zach Levine again. And then I think Derek Jones Jr. And Dwight. Well, yeah, Dwight. Oh, sorry, yeah. and Dwight. So we have. So. Is Dwight in or not? We don't know. This is this is actually good for Dwight because he's building up that yeah, suspense. Is, he's yeah. being a showman. Yeah. I think he's in. I think he's in. Okay. I forgot about <laughs> Dwight. You're right. Sounds like he's in. So, uh, man, yeah, I don't know. Is it five? Maybe it is six. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't know. I thought I knew everything about the dunk contest. I know nothing. But I'm bummed <laughs> that John Morant's not going to be in it. But hopefully he does go in it in, in the next year or two. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm a little dubious about him ever going in. If he's not going in as a rookie and he's already becoming a star, are you going to go in when you're a superstar? Uh, We shall see. That's a great point. But at least he's being intellectually consistent. The guy was resting earlier in the season because he had surgery during the summer. So if you're going to say you're all about your health in the first month of the season, it's good to say you're all about your health for an all-star. But he was also invited to the skills contest, right? I felt like that was an invite. Yeah, but that is Which is the dribble. Yeah. I, I actually, it's just dribbling, tossing through a hoop, dribbling the other way, kind of hitting one of those fake men, and then <laughs> laying it up. That's it. And so it's really it's really easy on the body. With that being said, if you're resting, you're resting, right? Yeah, well, he's going to be playing. In ther- <laughs> he's going to be on the Friday night game, too, mm-hmm. Rising Stars. I actually think, um, you can't quote me on this, but I think there is something with the skills challenge that it's a little bit more like you got to do this like a little bit more like in the you know the players <laughs> yeah. association type thing mm. i don't think it's as easy to get out of it let's just put it that way <laughs> um, i'm serious i think when they ask you're like you sort of got to especially if you're a young guy i don't i don't quote me on that <laughs> but anyway you're right he's going to be doing stuff at all-star weekend i guess dunking is that's going to be the most mentally exhausting to try and plan for uh, Maybe it's the like uh, the oh, home yeah. run derby, you know? The the baseball players don't want to go in it because they don't want to mess with their swing for the second half <laughs> yeah. of the season. So maybe Jaws rolling right now is like, I don't want to be just jumping all the time. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully he goes in in the future. <laughs> hey, look, I'm, st- I'm still holding uh, out hope uh, Zion Williamson goes in it. Why not? Well, this season. Sure. Come on. He's well-rested. You can't tell me he's not well-rested. I, I, I will say that those uh, time to plan. pre-game dunks we've seen, he's looking great, but... I just don't think I don't think it'd, it'd be a great look for him or the Pelicans to be like, all right, let's get in the dunk contest. I think people would love it. I think people would it's love amazing it. amazing that we got to say a young, a twenty-year-old needs to save four jumps. Like, come on. Hey, it could be six jumps. Yeah, it you could don't be know six jumps, and he has to practice. Yeah. Plus, he's running through that skills challenge. A lot of twisting could be bad on the back. <laughs> Has anyone ever got injured in the skills challenge? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Sprained ankle. <laughs> I guess it could happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throw a really bad pass at Ricochet's back, breaks your nose. All right. So, uh, yeah, no drama rant in this one, but hopefully in the future. Okay, let's get to Worst of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, the Worst of the Week. Three men on the board this week. The second runner-up, Drake, the Raptors' global ambassador. Drake meant well. His intentions were in the right place, I do believe, but here's what happened. ESPN's Ramona Shelburne published an extensive piece about how Paul George made his decision this past summer to return to L.A. and play for the Clippers. Drake comes in and offers his house to Kawhi Leonard 
his house in California where Kawhi can take meetings and discuss with men like Paul George, decide what they're going to do. What obviously ended up happening was Kawhi Leonard's decided along with Paul George that we're leaving. I'm leaving Toronto. Come join me in L.A. Drake, the global ambassador, <laughs> set the table for his best player to leave. Mm. Now, hurts. yeah, if, if conspiracy theorists will say, hey, he's always had bigger intentions than just being on the sideline of a basketball game. Is is he's wanted to be the Miami Heat's best friend. He tried to get in their locker room when they won a championship. He walks down with uh, did he ever walk down with a boxer? No, that, I'm thinking of Justin Bieber now with uh, Mayweather. <laughs> yeah, Mayweather yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I kind of see them in the same light. Like he he's always sure. tried to front run a little bit. But I think in this situation he did take up a friendship with Kawhi Leonard over this past year and said, "Hey, here's my house. You rich man, I guess you can't afford your own house uh, to rent for, for a week, so here's my house. Here are the keys. Um, so, you know, maybe it's friendship. I, I think it's just, uh, it just happened out this, it happened this way. I don't, I don't think there was any ill will or hey, by Drake. Drake's got a bigger pool than Ye, too, at that house in LA. Oh. That's a good point. And I think, it, uh, I think Will Liu tweeted a picture there. Drake does have a jersey of Kawhi Leonard from the Raptors hanging in that very house. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just that's just the kind of detail you hope doesn't come out when it comes down to free agency recruiting that your global ambassador is <laughs> literally setting a table, making a bed for you to go to another team. Yeah, but he was it always seems like it was a done deal even before that. Going. Kawhi had told Drake, hey, man, I'm not coming back to the Raptors, but can I borrow your safe house in Calabasas? <laughs> you think they were seaballing together? Wow, Paul George and Kawhi <laughs> Leonard hitting the pool, dropping some sea balls? Probably. <laughs> I could see Kawhi Leonard dropping a good sea ball. It looks like he's got some hidden weight to him. You know, his bones are heavy. I think. Yeah, that, definitely. Uh, I, he would be a better cannonballer than Paul George. Yeah. Paul George too smooth. He'd just slip right in the water. Yeah, that's right. First runner-up, Pelicans guard JJ Redick, who commented this week on his podcast that players are more concerned with getting off Instagram fits, posting their outfits on Instagram, more concerned with that than playing basketball. Now, JJ, it's a businessman. Don't be an old head like me and be worried about people on Instagram. The more Instagram followers you got, the more money you make. It's one equals the other, and that's all it is. That's their so, currency. Yeah, it's it's very important. Uh, I saw this brought up on Twitter that Kyle Kuzma, he's a bench player now. Hasn't really done a lot in the NBA, but he's got 4 million followers on Instagram. He's got a Puma deal because of it. People care about what he wears and his shoes, etc. It is currency. It's yeah. true. There was a great yeah, great video I saw, LeJethro Jenkins with Yahoo yeah. Sports, yeah, breaking it down. And right. it's not wrong. And he brought up Kuzma. You're right. Yeah, so that's what it is. And that's okay. It's business. Yeah, and years ago. And it's ago, just a post. And you also do it too, JJ Reddick. You post a lot of your Instagram so, fits so on the Instagram. Part. Definitely. And when he was a younger man. You know, like six or seven years ago, he was big in the watch world. J.J. Redick was like Mr. Vintage Watches. He was showing up on podcasts talking about watches. He had a whole series with this site called Hodinky that sells vintage watches. He was deep in the Instagram fits game. His fits were watches, which is nice, you know. You got to stay timely. Got to keep your appointments. <laughs> but still, that's an outside interest. You're allowed to have them. Totally, totally. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's actually it's about making money. It's not just about looking shop and getting likes it's a it's about it's it's a it's an investment but the worst of the week winner is nets guard kyrie irving oh, in comments after a brooklyn loss yeah we talked about it 
And uh, it needs to be said again. After Brooklyn lost, Kyrie Irving said, hey, yeah, you young guys, you made the playoffs last year. I'm paraphrasing, but it's essentially, you guys made the playoffs last year, but we all know this team isn't good enough. There will be changes in the summer, and uh, I will work that out with player X, player X, player X, player X. He named some guys. I don't want to name them again because people say, well, maybe he was just naming guys and not naming the entire roster. It doesn't mean he didn't want the entire roster to stay. Well, he basically said, yeah, you guys were good enough last year to make the playoffs, but we're not good enough. Things got to change. Bye. This coming off a 6-for-21 night where he had a bad night and uh, really repeating a lot of the things he did last year as a Boston Celtic that earned him a lot of negative headlines where he put down his quote-unquote, young teammates. I I don't see how it's much different at all, and he didn't learn from that. I find it surprising. Also, big picture, zoom out. This team did make the playoffs. You add an all-star in Kyrie Irving. You should be a top-four seed. And why shouldn't he take that mentality? Why shouldn't he say, I'm going to lead this team to the promised land instead of saying, and I'm not reading into it. He said, this team isn't good enough. We got to make changes. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what he said. Glaring. Yeah, this is their glaring differences, or there's a glaring, glaring things we need to overcome. Right. So yeah, that's it. Kyrie Irving's got to, It's got to be said one last time. I find it shocking that it's basically repeating itself from uh, from Boston. Nobody seems to care as much nope. as they did when it was the Boston Celtics. I guess because the expectations were higher in Boston that that was going to be a championship team. But really, a 42 win team plus Kyrie Irving equals, in my math, a top four seed. They've disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And it was poorly timed. It sounded like something you maybe, maybe, maybe you shouldn't even be go saying it, but maybe say in the offseason. And you don't say it after you stunk in a game where some of your other teammates did better than you and uh, contributed more to trying to win the game. Six for you're 21. Right. Yeah, poor timing. I, I still, I don't know. I, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I, something inside me just says it's uh, he really was just talking about the concept of, hey, don't worry, we're adding Kevin Durant. But, hey, maybe I'm mm. wrong. Hey, who knows with Kyrie? <laughs> I wonder how he'll react if he doesn't make the All-Star game, but Spencer Dinwiddie does. Because that could happen. Yeah. It could. It could. It could. Uh, I think it's unlikely. But how would he react? Yeah. You would hope he'd react. He'd be <laughs> happy for Spencer, I guess. Yeah. Try and get some of those Dinwiddie dollars. <laughs> I was trying to stay calm, but now my blood is boiling a little bit. So let me let me give a quick quote, the exact quote. Oh, oh, it has. I didn't mean to do it's this It's glaring in glaring. terms of the pieces that we need in order to be at that next level. I'm going to continue to reiterate it. What are you saying? Why? <laughs> why? Why? No, it's why are you saying? Yeah, that's more. Okay, than you what can believe that. When? Why? But that's just a, it's easy, It's a decent team, and it's in the East. Jimmy Butler is got a top three seed right now with him and a bunch of guys who are good, and he's got Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert beside him. It's not a bad team. Again, it's a forty-two win team plus Kyrie. Yeah, minus some role players, but I don't think Jared Dudley is really the key to them not being that good. This is Jimmy's fourth team, though. Kyrie's only on his third. He needs <laughs> needs one more. <laughs> he needs to, he needs to catch up. Can I can I throw another nominee for worst of the week? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think Stephen A. Smith should be in the run in here. He said some the goat. He said some dumbass things this week, <laughs> and I'll just point out two of them. And I do love Stephen A. Smith. Very charismatic, very entertaining. But come on, a few days ago he said he declared, I should say, Devin Booker the perfect fit for the Lakers. Okay, <laughs> wow, yeah, he'd be pretty good on them. And the organization, the Lakers, should make moves to trade Kyle Kuzma for Booker. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> awesome. 
awesome. How can you disagree? <laughs> okay, Polinka, get to work on that. All right. But then, okay, then on top of that, yesterday, I don't know, it was during some sort of like Twitter AMA, like where he does, you know, he takes a question and he does a little video. Again, he's incredible. He's the best. How many followers does he have? Probably 5 million followers. The guy does everything. He's got like a three-hour radio show. And he's on every show on ESPN. I love him. Don't get me wrong. But he goes and says, could you imagine somebody like Giannis surrounded by Stephen Clay? Golden State would be back in the championship for the next three to five years. Okay. Like, <laughs> He's become like, Magic Johnson. Well, You've got a new Hotels.com guy, Captain Obvious here. And like, yeah. <laughs> what, okay. Do you kidding. know anything about basketball? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have apparently, any idea about basketball? Apparently I don't. No, I don't. But so anyway, I'm just throwing Stephen A. Especially that Booker one was like, just that one was insane. Kyle Kuzma, I guess that's working for him. He's convinced Stephen A that uh, that's a somewhat of a fair trade there, maybe, Kuzma for books. You just got to put it out there, man. You never know what will happen. Yeah, I... Sure, that Devin Booker makes almost 30 times as much as Kyle Kuzma, but <laughs> ah, there's a way to figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. You yeah. know what? I'm going to add on another, another nominee yeah, for Worst of the Week, because right. you just reminded me of another one. And this is exactly what they want us to do, Skeets. Yeah. Stephen A. wants us <laughs> talking about it. Skip Bayless wants us talking yeah. about it, but I'm going to include Skip Bayless here. It's actually more about Fox Sports, Fox Sports website, on Friday morning here. Friday morning. This yeah. is approximately 36 hours after the Lakers lost to the Orlando Magic. The number one story on Fox Sports webpage is Skip Bayless, colon, LeBron James once again proved he doesn't have the clutch gene in Lost to Magic. They lost on Wednesday, (laughs) and that's the number one story. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. You're right. It's less about about Mr. Skip and Mr. Steven and more about – you know what it's about? It's more about (laughs) the platforms they work for, and and definitely in this Fox Sports situation. You know, Stephen A., the uh, the Devin Booker situation, he did say everybody's getting a a little bit excited about – what Kyle Kuzma will bring back, right? Yeah. And they're overinflating it. So he he kind of talked about it as a trait, right? Like Kuzma. I know Kuzma uh, yeah. doesn't equal Dem Booker, mm-hmm. but it was sort of like a trade scenario, sort you know, of. You know what? I don't think he well, went to the ESPN trade machine. Well, I would like I would like to right now declare that Devin Booker is the perfect fit for the Raptors. <laughs> I think he's the perfect fit. Would you trade Lowry for Booker? I think the organiza- organization should look into that, yeah. Well, that one actually would maybe work, too. <laughs> Salaries almost match up. I mean, I just it's silly. They're not, they're not trading Booker for Kuzma. And yeah, no doubt the Lakers would want Booker. Yeah, he's an all-star, a borderline all-star. It's, uh, it's, it's just wild. All right, speaking of all-stars, third and final fan returns of NBA all-star voting dropped yesterday. LeBron maintains his hold as the leading vote-getter. He's about 150,000 votes ahead of Luka in the West. While reigning MVP, Giannis, he is still number one in the East. Enjoy it while while you can, Giannis, in the East, because he's going to be going to the Warriors, and they're going to be a championship team for three to five years. Um, just to remind everyone, fan voting counts for 50% of the vote for the five starters, and two backcourt, three frontcourt guys from each conference. Other 50% split evenly between the media members and the players themselves. So, fan vote currently, LeBron, AD, Kawhi, Luka, and Harden as the Western Conference starters. Giannis Siakam bumped up to second there, Embiid, and then Trey Young and Kyrie Irving, still your guards in the Eastern Conference. Those would be the starters if it were just up to the fans. Voting closes this Monday, guys, with those all-star starters. Um, so if you have an official ballot, you have to have it in by basically midnight on Monday. We'll find out those 10 guys, including the two captains, um, the leading vote-getters in each conference. They're announced on Thursday, next Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I thought, let's pretend we have an official ballot. I don't think this is going to take a long time here because there are a lot we'll agree on. But who are your 10 
all-star starters. Not who you think is going to be selected, like once it's all said and done. You have a ballot right here today on Friday. you got to fill it out before you head out for the weekend. Who's, who are the 10 names on your list? Who wants to get us started? Which conference do we want? Well, let's guess. start with the West. Okay, yeah. let's start with the West. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there's four we agree on. Luca and Harden, we're all writing down. Put, yep. it, put it in pen. There are guards. Mm-hmm. Yep. LeBron and AD. Mm-hmm. Agree. Who's your third forward in the West? I am putting Kawhi Leonard down. Mm-hmm. Curious who anyone else. Leonard. Yeah, Leonard. I, uh, I'm not putting Kawhi down. Um, oh. I know he's a great player. He's going to be in the game. But this is for the fans. I don't think Kawhi really cares about the fans, so I'm cutting him. Oh, ouch. I love it. Well, ouch. I'm cutting him. I, okay. I also didn't include Kawhi. Okay. He's sitting games more so than any other player that aren't due to injury. He is. He's basically... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's actively sitting. Okay. Yeah. He's yes. the only player who's doing it that But much. he still played 32 games. He still played over 75% of his team's games. You know, I think it should be a higher percentage. I, mm, yeah. I do. That's he missed a quarter of the season. That's a big part of the season. At the end of the year, that's 60 games that you're playing out of 82. It's not a lot. Okay, well, I don't want to jump ahead then. If you're saying that 75% of your team's games isn't enough, you better not have Siakam and Embiid just wait. on your roster. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Just, just So you say at, le- at least he didn't. those guys didn't sit out on purpose. Oh. I think Kawhi took, it, took himself out of this contention. Okay, so mm. who- That's the question. It's between Kawhi and Jokic. Kawhi has missed games uh, for knee maintenance. Throwback. It used to be called load maintenance. I'm old enough to remember <laughs> load management. those days. Oh, yeah. Good times. Got to uh, have a body part in there. But who is it? Is it Kawhi or is it Nikola Jokic, who didn't miss games but kind of missed games the first half of uh, the first month of the season? He's yeah. a virtual missed games. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he got off to a terrible start. But I'm going with Jokic because I think he's picked it up. The Nuggets have been much better. He's at 19 and 10 with seven assists, six and a half assists yeah. a game, shooting 51 percent from the field, 80 percent at line, 33 from downtown. I'm going with him. I just uh, I just think he's deserving of it. Um, so, are you yeah. are you only doing that so Anthony Davis doesn't have to play center in the All Star game? <laughs> doesn't want to bang. <laughs> no, it's really because I want another foreign born in there. So, yeah, you, you know, do. You I'm do. biased against. Outside of America. <laughs> boring American Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yeah. Who actually might be a boring American, mm. uh, all things considered. Okay, so... But anyway, uh, uh, despite, despite all the, the numbers, that I do think uh, Jokic is deserving. Okay. And, and if oh. you've got to find a reason uh, to put him in over Kawhi, I, th- I think the one... The, Kawhi's handing you that reason. Hey, it's your ballot. Thank you. Um, Tass, who's I, on yours? I picked Jokic for three reasons. Kawhi's not allowed. <laughs> Two, uh, Jokic... Also, the numbers weren't good at when, when Trey was... Uh, commented there about the virtual sitting totally true he, he wasn't there on offense but the defensive numbers were very good he was leading a, a great Nuggets team on the defensive end even though people say he's not a good defender he was a part of that defense he was the backbone of that defense that being said the third reason is he did what we wanted him to do and that he started caring about offense and now their defense is dropped <laughs> off and so thank you Nikola Jokic for being a good offensive player and so their defense is now 11th, which is kind of surprising. They're top two, top one for a while. Uh, but now he's great. He's back to being Nikola Jokic. In my books, I do have uh, an arbitrary, like 75% of, the, of, of your team's games played is enough for me. That, that's sort of like when you're getting drastically below that, then it's not enough. But Kawhi's there. Yes, sometimes he chose to miss those games, but he still played 32. And great timing on his part. I don't think he cares about an all-star game. But I'll sure tell you this is going to help his case. Over the last four games, he missed a game against the Knicks, right? Now over his last four games, he's averaging 35.3 points per game in 33 minutes per game, shooting 56% from the floor, 45 from three on a lot of attempts. 
the five and a half boards, the four and a half assists, the two and a half steals, nearly a block. I mean, these are unbelievable numbers. Um, it's only four games, I get that, but he's uh, picking it up here at the right time. And I, he's a better player than Jokic, uh, so I'm still going him. I got Kawhi as well. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm with you. He's just better. He's okay. the reigning finals MVP. <laughs> and he's and probably the best player in the league in one single game that actually matters. Is there yeah, a, do you have that's a, true. Do you have a... Um, is, was there a, the toughest omission for you? I do, I do think Kawhi's numbers, I think you should include, it should be averaged out with the games he misses. So he should get zeros mm. for a games mm. he misses too. See how they go. Anyways, toughest omission. Let's yeah, t- was, was, was there um, a toughest omission? Kawhi for me. Oh, okay. I was so tough. Was I was a little tough. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, it wasn't super tough for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I love that confidence. <laughs> I, I love it. No, I mean, You're I, like I just... Blackman at the line in an all-star game. <laughs> confidence, baby. No, confidence. I, you know, we always say, yeah, it's for the fans. It's for the fans. And so, well, if one guy just doesn't really care about the fans, then why put him in there? Jokic, Jokic will be great in the all-star game because he's got all those all sorts of highlights and the way that he passes and sh- throws up those flicky, flippity shots. I think that's You remember all-star. his highlights last year, right? Jokic? Yeah. All of them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Come on. I, I, I don't remember Kawhi. I will give him, I'll give Lee this. I do love the argument of not wanting Kawhi in the All-Star game because he doesn't care about the Yeah, yeah sure. I That's think good. it's a hilarious yeah. argument to lean into. And uh, hey, by all means, he's still on my team. Okay, so Eastern Conference, uh, probably a little bit more difficult, especially if you want to start talking about the 75% games played threshold because there's a couple of guys, like I said, right there in Siakam and Embiid. And Kyrie, you know, he wouldn't make it, but... Who are your who are your guards on your Eastern Conference All Star starters? Tass, start us off. Who are your two guards? Kemba, which I think we're all universal. Yep, everybody's yep. got Kemba. Mm-hmm. In. Yeah, then here comes the toughie. I took Trey Young. It's an All Star game. He's been amazing, and not only has he been amazing, but he's also been efficient, which is I thought a, a little bit bonkers. You know, because he's the only guy who can really score on that team. They try and take him out. He's still efficient. Yep. And uh, he wants to be there, and he's going to put on a show. I mean, he, who has been put on the show the most over the first three, four months? Arguably, it's him on Instagram and, and doing those social highlights, and he won't be a Nikola Jokic with no highlights. He will he will continue to produce those highlights, not Megan people at All-Star Weekend. So, it's him. Trey Young is your second guard. Trey? Uninspiring choices, honestly, for a second guard. It's like Trey Young, who is incredible on one end of the floor and a zero on the other end of the floor. Ben Simmons is in the mix for me, yep. who is almost the flip-flop of that, except for he actually does stuff on offense. He just can't shoot, just doesn't want to shoot. That's fine. Not everybody has to have the exact same game. And then next up after those guys, I think, is Kyle Lowry and Malcolm Brogdon. But then you're getting into they both missed 11 games. That's a quarter of the season already, so yep. that's maybe something that can – uh, disqualify you, but I think ultimately I go with Trey Young too. It's an all-star game. He'll be fun, and he has been really, really good, and he's not the reason the Hawks are the worst team in the league. Yeah, mm. that's exactly it. I also have Trey Young. I think uh, I think this is an important point too. Howard Beck, I saw um, pushing it you know, on his podcast, and I think he had a little video on Bleacher Report too. We want our all-stars to come from winning teams. <laughs> I think we all agree with that, but it's not a prerequisite. And it's you look at even last year, six All Stars from losing teams, you know, records at the time. Over the last decade, he did the math. Beck did forty-two All Stars have come from losing teams. On average, it's about four per, per four four per season is what I'm trying to say. And you've had guys like Wall and Kyrie and Nash and Kobe. You know, like it happens. So it's not. It's yeah. It's hmm. not great. We would like the Hawks to have. Uh, you know, ten more wins at this point, but they don't. But it's not the end of the world. He can still play in an All Star game. So, yeah, but I think I people him. people wouldn't be as upset with it if he was in twelfth rather than. But who cares? He's in at dead that point, really. dead last. Well, yeah, I I think there You're would. You're on a there, losing team. 
Yeah, but there's a lot less dispute about those guys you mentioned. I mean, it's just this doesn't happen very often. To, to be to be dead right at the, the bottom. Trace, yeah. It happened to Tracy McGrady once, and it happened to Carmelo Anthony, if I do have that correct. Like uh, being at the bottom of the yeah. barrel. Yeah, and that's it in the in the history of the NBA. Well, again, it's not his fault. <laughs> it's not really. Um, so I, I go Trey Young too because mm. I think what what our own Trey here, the real ice Trey in, Trey my, old. in my eyes. Um, <laughs> It's the, uh, yeah, it's tough to really talk myself into anyone else, mm-hmm. is the yeah. honest truth. The other guy yeah. I was looking at was Jalen Brown. Yeah. I think he's been really good for a winning team in Boston, but ultimately, Trey Young is having statistically a better season. So I go with Trey, but uh, okay, yeah, well. I, I, you put, basically, I'm looking and I'm like, no, Kyrie, this is based on the, on the vote uh, count and the record right now. It's not Kyrie, it's not Derek Rose, it's not Kyle Lowry, it's not Levine. Then it's Brown, Simmons, Beal, and Van Vliet, and I'm like... Brown's the strongest one out of the re- the remainder, but I, I gave the nod in the end to Trey Young as well. Okay. In, in years past, though, some way, some somehow, the All Star uh, conductors are able to shift one guy from the other position and throw him into the position they want, and that's why Jimmy Butler would be perfect in this yeah, spot, right? For the people who as want winners, guard, yeah. and they usually do. But this year, we're getting strict. He's a forward. He can't play guard, apparently. Um, well, is he in the mix for one of your forward spots as a starter? Let's fill out the three forward spots. Who do you got? Go ahead. I'm going with Giannis, Pascal, and Jimmy. Giannis, Pascal, and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Giannis is the only lock for me. The only yeah, for no sure doubt. lock. No Siakam, I think, is closer to a lock than Embiid. I have both Siakam and Embiid ahead of Butler in line, but Embiid and Siakam have missed 11 games. Siakam is back. The games are going to pile up for Embiid if he stays out any longer with this hand surgery. Yeah. And in that case, then I think Jimmy slips in there. But, uh, I mean, I think Embiid has had – a little bit better season than Jimmy Butler. A little bit better numbers, though. Adding Jimmy to the Heat has really solidified their culture and made their team make sense. But, uh, I mean... <laughs> just crazy to hear Yeah, that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And he's played more games. So I think that Jimmy's coming for that spot. I just don't think he's quite there yet. Siakam has been the most dominant of those guys, even though he's missed 25% of, of his games. Yeah. He has been really, really good when he's played, and he's back, as Trey said. So I had him as a, as a lock. I understand it. It does it does hurt him to to miss so many games. Uh, and I threw in Joel Embiid as well because Jimmy can come off the bench. He can play the fourth quarters. Last year was it last year he didn't even want to uh, play. Two years ago, I two think years in ago LA, he's, yeah. in L.A. He, he said, "I'm not playing. I'm an All Star. I'll put on my jersey, but I'm not going to run on the floor." <laughs> and that happened. <laughs> so uh, uh, that you're not allowed. You can come off the bench. Yeah. Um, but because uh, because Embiid season has not been overwhelmingly good. No. Uh, but Jimmy Butler's has even been less so. Really, I mean Trey brought up the numbers on that our midseason podcast yesterday. Twenty seven percent from three point land. Yeah. yeah. No, they don't wow you. He's a he's a twenty seven and six guy. They're good, and the defense is there with the two steals. But yeah, shooting wise, it's not it's not going to knock your socks off. Um, I I do have Giannis and I have Embiid again. Embiid's. It'll be he's gonna miss more games here, so that's gonna hurt his case. And maybe he'll just be ruled out of the All Star game. And could be. It still could select him, of course, and then you can have a replacement. I think that's actually what's gonna happen. So I got Giannis and Embiid. It's that third one, man. I'll throw two more names in the mix. I know you guys are talking a lot between deciding between Siakam and Butler. I think Sabonis could be in that mix as well, deserving as an All Star spot. And I'm gonna say it, and I can't believe it. Chris Middleton. Has had to get has to get a real good look at that. If I swear to God, if it's with any other team with a thirty-seven and six record, there'd be a hell of a lot more people saying they deserve more than one All Star. 
Well, they deserve th- more one starting all star. I mean, more starting all star. I don't think people care if he's starting or not. He's well, going to be there. He better be there because his numbers are unbelievable right now, and it's shocking me because um, I was last year trying to make the case that I thought Bledsoe was more important to the success at the halfway mark than Middleton was. But Middleton is a twenty point per game scorer, and you know six boards, four assists, okay. But he's lights out shooting, forty nine percent from the floor, forty one from three, eighty nine at the line. And he doesn't even play nearly as many minutes as these other three guys. So his per 36 are through the roof. Middleton has to be in the mix. I don't think he's going to make it. Ultimately, I'm going to vote for Jimmy Butler over Siakam, though. I am, yeah. So you can't. Hey, for once, you can't yell Homer at me, okay? (laughs) Why don't you say not Homer when I. uh, Not Homer. Right, right. Homer. Yeah, I go Butler, but that's a tough one. And I really do like the tiebreaker is the the more games played. Yeah. I mean, Middleton and Sabonis are both going to be there for me. There's no question about that. But starting in the game, unlikely, I would say. Man. Imagine you really had to fill out a ballot. I know. You would, nah, you would. You would do yours in like one second. Because that's what I like about you. you and I also hate about you. But uh, you would just get that ballot. Boom, 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 boom. Here you go. Well, I would I would agonize. I'd be up all night for days pretending like it matters. Yeah. That's well, the difference between you and me. Exactly. I don't play by the rules. <laughs> yeah, your ballot literally would be, you would scratch out East and West, you would put World, uh, USA, you'd create a whole new rule set for the game. That's what, that's what I'm looking for, man. I'm I looking for the are. 12 non-US borners. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can do it. Kyrie counts as a non-US born. Why don't you turn your green card in then? Yeah, you're going to get yourself kicked out of yeah, this place. Geez. Why? This is, uh, this is a country for immigrants, I thought, isn't it? I had a call yep. about uh, starting my green card process uh, yeah? this morning. Yeah. Oh, good luck. Yeah. Can you uh, could you give me some money for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to pay for you. Just if, You might be waiting a few years for it. Sorry to say. Okay, Sorry to say. If you're happy to pay for it, I'll still <laughs> yeah. take it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll give you some money in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when it comes through, give me the final invoice. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> All right, let's hear from you guys. Uh, fill out those all-star starters rosters. Tweet at us, at NoDunksInc, hashtag NoDunks. Uh, you got until Monday for all you official people out there that got the real one. All right, JD, let's fire the pun gun. It's pun gun time. Yeah. <laughs> Real simple one this week. It's from CK on Twitter. He tweeted in, he or she tweeted in, pun gun, NBA hairstyles, like Mohawkless. Great start. That's a good one. Uh, Hairstyles, NBA hairstyles. Byron Mullet. Nice. Beauty. Bradley Bald. (laughs) (laughs) Alex Crew. So... Yeah, nice. That's a good one. Should have been Lonzo Bald. My man. <laughs> well, small bad. What's another hairstyle uh, out uh, there? Doug McPermit. Mm. <laughs> oh, man, that is not uh, easy. Just, okay. John, oh. just a John Long. <laughs> Why not? Quincy Pon... Hold on. Quincy Ponytail Exter. <laughs> no. Sure. No. I regret that. Uh, Derek Cornrose. Nice one. Uh, Afro Orlando Blackman. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> yeah. uh, nice. <laughs> Jonathan Spike Six. <laughs> Bangston Galloway. Oh my god, these are good. Nice. Sean Puffy Comeover. Not an NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Buzz, Buzz Williams. Uh, college yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jerry Curl West. Oh, good oh, God, are good. that would have been good if it was before the clock ran. Oh, doesn't count. Got to go to review. They're real stickler this week. <laughs> it really is. All right. Thanks, that was, that was CK. A difficult one. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet. Ah. All right, guys, hold on to your butts for this one. <laughs> on yesterday's show, we started talking about the big three changes to their league, which then led us to talking about three-on-three being added to this year's Olympics, which then led us to wondering whether LeBron could just add himself to Team USA's three-on-three team, which then turned into a discussion about how LeBron would compete at other events at the Olympics, like, say, the pentathlon, which then led us to figuring out what the hell is the pentathlon? What is in that event? Which finally got us wondering how well a horse would do at other events <laughs> in the Olympics, a.k.a. the horsathon. So, at Troy Likes Stuff, he tweeted in, he wanted to dig a little deeper into the whole LeBron versus a horse at the Olympics thing, which was not something we really got into, but you can see how in my explanation he got to that. LeBron and a horse if they were competing in the Olympics. How that might shake out. So at Troy Like Stuff, he hit us with a number of tweets. A great thread scoring who would win each particular Olympic event between the two. So I want you guys to feel free to jump in. Maybe you don't like the scoring on one of the particular events. Maybe you've got a comment about it, whatever. We're gonna go through a lot of them here, but it's very funny. Okay, aquatics. Horses per Google, because he Googled it, they can barely swim. Mm. What? I always thought a horse was good in water. So did I. <laughs> I mean, I really did. So did everybody. You said it yesterday, and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah of course, a horse swimming. You always yeah. see their teeth, like, when they're in the water, like, really? Maybe they don't like it at all. Yeah, that's I why guess... they always jump over it in equestrian. Yeah. They, they hate it. And I think now that I think about it, anytime I see a horse in the water, it's the horse in water that's still enough that their hooves are on the rocks at the bottom, yeah. like they're touching it. And they look pretty yeah, happy yeah, yeah. Uh, and confident in the water, but that's really just because they're standing in the water. <laughs> horses like to have their hooves on the ground. That's what they say. Um, so LeBron won, horse zero. Archery, hooves, no good here. No. Now, no I will debate that. I thought uh, the hooves on a horse had a little notch in it, so maybe that'd be really nice with the bow. A notched hoof. But, okay, LeBron two, <laughs> horse zero. Athletics, finally we get to run and run fast. LeBron two, horse one. Oh, yeah. Horse wins that one. Badminton, hooves. LeBron three, <laughs> horse one. Baseball slash softball, technically a team sport, which cannot be played solo, so both forfeit that one, okay? Basketball, LeBron's day job. LeBron four, horse one. Yeah, but horse is a whole game. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh okay. <laughs> we might have to think about this one. Okay, boxing. He writes at Troy Like Stuff, I don't want to think about this one too much. Boxing. Imagine a, imagine a LeBron and a horse boxing. Oh, I'm getting the horse. So would I. He yeah. scores at LeBron 5, horse 1. No. I, I'm with you. The horse could turn around and do some damage, <laughs> kicking away like a donkey. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking. That'd be illegal. What? Can't, you can't kick in boxing. Ooh. Oh, yeah, but, but he wouldn't boxing. need to. He'd be able to duck his... But you know. what if we put the boxing gloves on the horse's rear hooves? Then are they not the hands? <laughs> no, that's still kicking. It would have what? to be his front paws. Well, Even you then, mean, why, are the, front why aren't those, his, those are still his feet? Well, you're not well, putting the, the gloves on LeBron's feet. When a horse rears up, <laughs> right. it's picking up those front ones. Yeah. And even in that scenario, I'm still going horse because, I mean, no. this is going to sound crazy. 
A horse could take unlimited punches to the face from LeBron James. <laughs> and all a horse needs is one rear up, <laughs> boxing gloves on front hooves, and one strike. LeBron yeah. is not going to be able to hang with a horse but here's punch for punch. Wouldn't you have to find a horse that weighs around the same as oh, LeBron? Wow. Good point. Well, Smaller in, horse. In the, yeah, in the Olympics, they wear those uh, helmets as well. So mm-hmm. imagine trying to put that on the horse there. Yeah, that'd be a tough little fit. Uh, you'd get one custom. I guess so, I yeah. yeah. Okay, let's keep it going. we got a lot of events. Cycling. Okay, cycling. I refuse to live in a world where you can't design a bike that could be pedaled by a strong, powerful horse. So, LeBron 5, horse 2. So... <laughs> Troy giving that one to the horse. We are designing a bike that the horse could power. And I think that's fair. Like, why not? Sure. Yeah, the only, the only thing is, I mean, if he's talking about, like, in the velodrome, there's some pretty sharp turns there. If you're a big, heavy <laughs> a horse, point. it's hard to, you know, maneuver around like that. So, LeBron's a big guy, too. Yeah, it's not going to be not, easy he's, for him. He's on not a horse weight, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, equestrian. Horse's day job. Yeah. So, LeBron 5, horse 3. Here's the comeback. Fair. Fencing. Ugh, hooves. LeBron six horse three yeah uh, I can't argue that one. Hold horse. on, what? Getting back to equestrian, the horse would have to be riding a horse. Oh, that, 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 that up yeah, again. see that's the thing. Oh, We're horse on a horse. <laughs> a horse on a horse, of course, of course. Um, yeah, but come on, yeah, we gotta okay. give. That. Fair, fair. I think I think a horse on the back of a horse. Well, they but they're like okay, we we know what we're doing here. You <laughs> would just get a small jockey size yeah, horse on a horse. Yeah, just right. get one of those little horses. Yeah, mini, put on the back. mini ponies. Yeah. All right, so, uh, okay, after fencing, it's 6-3 LeBron. Football, soccer variety, team sport, so cross from the front. Mm-hmm. It's weird that we counted basketball for LeBron in a team sport, but we're, we're striking all these other ones, you know? Yeah. Anyway, uh, golf, <laughs> golf, yeah. okay. Hooves, strike once more in golf. It's going to be <laughs> Now, I would argue that, so he gives it to LeBron, um, 7-3 LeBron right now, but what, what about this? Couldn't we tape... Could we not tape the club to the horse's foot? And no, no. it's like it. fencing. No, it just would. I don't all think right, you'd be all successful. Right. All right, all right. I'm thinking uh, club and mouth. You know, <laughs> <laughs> sort of like swinging the head back and forth. Well, I'm also thinking the horse wouldn't even be allowed on the green because he'd pick it up. So um, every step he takes, yeah. sir, please uh, uh, place your yeah. divot. Uh, sir, uh, please yeah. replace your divot. Sir, every step. Ah, that's a good point. All right, gymnastics now. Troy writes, do they change the strength of the uneven or parallel bars based on the size of the athlete? Now, I don't. I think the answer is no, but they would have to. Standard they should. Beam, yeah. A horse could have a great floor routine and would be super cute with that ribbon thing. Mm. So, That's a good yeah. point. He calls it a tie. Seven and a half LeBron, <laughs> horse three and a half. That's fair. A lot of events in gymnastics. Who would win the pommel horse? The horse or LeBron? <laughs> LeBron. It's a different horse on the I actually can see LeBron being pretty good at that. <laughs> Um, handball and field hockey. If we can make a bike for the horse to ride, then we can do something about these damn hooves. <laughs> so he just, or he wants to do something about these damn hooves. So he scores both for LeBron. LeBron is uh, up nine and a half to three and a half for the horse. Judo and karate, based solely on the logo for each event. Judo involves flipping, and LeBron ain't flipping a horse. And karate involves kicking horses, renowned for their kicking ability <laughs> everybody yeah. knows that so horse takes both events lebron nine and a half horse five and a half oh here we go modern pentathlon this all comes down to a run says troy so the question is can the horse keep it close enough to outrun lbj because the horse gets zeros for fencing and shooting and swimming again 
but LeBron probably gets a zero in riding because that's in this the modern pentathlon. So LeBron is likely going to have a 13 and a half or 13 plus minute head start in a 3,000 meter race and should win. So LeBron minutes. has a massive lead in the in the run because of his other events in dominating the horse. Could the horse catch him? He says no. So ten and a half for LeBron. That's a win for LeBron. Wow. Hmm. Don't, yeah, it, it's deep, eh? Congrats. Yeah, yeah. Thirteen <laughs> minutes. Yeah, the world record for th- uh, three thousand meters is seven minutes and twenty four yeah. seconds. Is that right? It's only three kilometers. Right. Oh, so. <laughs> LeBron, think, LeBron's going to do victory laps around, yeah, LeBron's, around that Yeah, LeBron horse. has a, a big enough head start. I do agree with that breakdown. That was well detailed. Um, so 10.5 LeBron, horse 5.5 rowing. Similar to the cycling modification rule, says Troy. So he's given it to the horse. So I guess we've designed, because of the horse's power, if we can just rig him up the right way, um, he could do all right in rowing. True. Uh, yeah, if we figured it out. Um, I'm giving it, We're giving it to him. Rugby. I know this should fall under the team sport. Forfeit rule, writes Troy, but the horse gets points here. <laughs> a horse on a rugby field, if you can just attach the ball to him, would be unstoppable. Just has to pick it up with his flat no. teeth. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 11 LeBrons could take couldn't, down one yeah, horse. Yeah, you no. certainly couldn't take him down. No. So, yeah. Okay, so that's 10.5 for LeBron, horse 7.5. Sailing, shooting, skateboarding, sport climbing, surfing, table tennis, and tennis. They all go to LeBron because, you know, a lot of those, you, you, the hooves coming into play here. Skateboarding. If we put skateboard four skateboards on the horse, is that because uh, it's all about increasing your difficulty? That hmm. might be seen uh, fondly in the judge's eyes, but whatever. LeBron gets the win. LeBron, 17 and a half, horse seven and a half. Final ones uh, here, guys. Triathlon, weightlifting, and wrestling. All go to the horse, all three events. Triathlon even. Yeah, now... Yeah, I, I guess, guess because we've speed, modified yeah. the bike, and he's going to be great in the run. Yeah, the okay. swim, the swim, he's going to be behind. He's going to be quite substantially behind. I have to LeBron. hope it's shallow. Is LeBron a good swimmer? I, I remember him jumping off a high dive once. That's the only thing I remember, <laughs> water wise. And he was a little scared when he was jumping in, but he had a good time. All right. Um, so anyway, we give all three of those to the horse. Final total: LeBron seventeen and a half, horse ten and a half. LeBron wins the LeBron versus horse Olympics. Wow. Great breakdown yeah. from at Troy like stuff. Really appreciate that. <laughs> Put a lot of effort into that, so we had to give it some time. All right, JD, pick them results presented by Cash App. This segment is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends like when you owe someone a nifty or a ton. There's no need to go to the ATM. Just hit up your buddy with a Cash App me, bro, and bada bing, bada boom, transfer complete. But Cash App does way more than that. Cash App is also the easiest way to try and grow your money with their new investing feature. Unlike investing tools that force you to buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. This way you can still own a piece of any stock with just $1. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. We are also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you receive $10, but Cash App will also donate $10 to the ACLU. The ACLU's mission remains realizing the promise of the Bill of Rights for All and expanding the reach of its guarantees. Beyond one person, party or side, the ACLU dares to create a more perfect union. Don't forget promo code NODUNKS, one word, when you download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. Thursday's game, Celtics, Bucks. Bucks were favored by nine and a half. Looked good there for a while, but no, no, no. Celtics cover. Everybody had the Bucks here, so... Middle double fingers to everyone. 
Sorry, guys. No high fives. No high fives. Everybody took the L there. So uh, Lee, you're eight and three. Trey and I are six and five. Task four and seven. Tonight's game. What we got? The Hawks and their new part of Jeff Teague. Not sure if he's playing, but the Hawks are visiting the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs favored by eight and a half. Spurs uh, just finished a four-game road trip. This is their first game home after that road trip. Hawks feeling probably pretty good. Beat the Phoenix Suns. It's true. That is true. I'm going Spurs. They actually play pretty well when they return from a road trip, generally, in their first game. Um... I'm going to go Spurs to cover the big line again. Yeah, it's a big line. It's a big line. The Spurs have been up and down. I'll take them. You're going Spurs? Yeah, I'll take the Spurs. Yes, I, I too am going to be a Spurs man. A bit of a long layoff for the Hawks. Are they ready to go on the road and win a game or keep a game close? Who knows? Give me the Spursies. I'll take the Hawks. Tassie. Tassie swerving, and he could use it. So good luck to Atlanta. But good luck to both teams. I just I just hope both teams play hard, really, at the end of the day. Have fun. Yeah. We're almost done here. But before we go, a little rapid fire fun. It's not only on the basketball floor where Knicks players are having a tough time. They're also having trouble getting to the game. The Athletics' Mike Vorkanoff wrote a piece this week focusing on the 28-mile or 45-kilometer distance between practice facility and arena in which guard Alfred Payton says, quote, it's essentially a road game. Ooh. What was your worst commute, JD? Well, we were discussing this yesterday, whether it was the commute in general or one single trip on a commute, and I've been lucky enough to not really ever have a bad commute, so I'm just going to go with one trip that I took, and I was on the Bay bus heading down to my kid's daycare. I was there uh, with my son, Lincoln, and... Uh, and we were sitting sort of in the front of the bus. He was in a stroller. He was two and a half years old. And uh, we were, uh, this woman who clearly had Down syndrome came on and sat next to us on the bus, which was whatever, it's fine. A uh, few stops in, she leaned over to Lincoln, two and a half years old, and said, you're an asshole. This is all your fault. Oh. Which was like... Okay, what do you do? What like what do you do? The woman she clearly has down syndrome and I you know, it's not like I'm going to you know, punch her or anything her, or, yeah. or whatever. So anyway, I just uh, said, "Okay, well, um have a good day." And we got off the bus. Oof. And oh. it was in the middle of winter. And uh it was just it was one of those I felt really bad about it afterwards because clearly Somebody had said this to her. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. Like somebody had, she was just repeating this awful thing to my kid. It was just a bad, bad experience. Sure. And can I just ask a follow-up question? Is it possible she was saying it to you? No. As- she didn't, no. <laughs> no. I don't think so. I mean, she literally leaned almost into his face and said, oh. like, made eye contact and said... Uh, you're an asshole. I thought this maybe is all your, your fault. I thought maybe she was saying it to you for having a stroller on the bus, mm. taking up space mm. on the bus, or I maybe I don't think so because she was <laughs> sitting next to me, pretty okay. much. Yeah. All right, Trey. My worst commute was the first real job I had after college. I have to drive an hour and a half each way to a job that I just hated. Data research, putting in numbers to a computer. But mm. the good thing was. 
three young gentlemen had started one of the finest basketball podcasts known to man. It was called TBJ, and I listened to it every day. But that was back in the day before you could actually stream things, so I'd have to like download it onto my computer, <laughs> upload it to my iPod, wow. plug my iPod into the thing that plugs into my like the the lighter, and then you're like trying to broadcast on 88.5 FM. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, uh oh, if you get a little bit too close to DeKalb, Illinois, you're gonna be getting a little. Some 94.7 <laughs> creeping in in here, but uh, mm-hmm. 10 years later, we're hugging. <laughs> Constantly hugging. One point to you, Trey. All right, Skeets? Yeah, I've been pretty fortunate to not have a lot of like bad daily commutes, too. Um, be it when I lived in Toronto, living here in Atlanta. Um, so I, I won't go that route. But when I did live in Australia for the year, I, I lived in a pretty small rural town um, called Emerald in Victoria. And I worked on a tree farm, and I was staying at a, you know, hostel. And every morning at, like, the crack of dawn, because we were leaving at, like, 5 or 6 in the morning, you know, we all had to pile into this bus, and everybody's in their dirty, stinky clothes, and, like, we would be shipped around to all these, like, flower farms and tree farms, and it's, like, bumpy-ass roads, and it's hilly, and it's, like, it just sucked because it was also super early, early in the morning and you're going to work and it's like dark out. It's like, that was a bad commute. It wasn't super long. I'm sure it was like 30, 40 minutes, um, but it just sucked because everybody, because you're staying at a hostel too, so you're literally drinking and partying every night. So everybody's hung over the next <laughs> morning. Uh, those were some fun, obviously nights, but some rough mornings, but uh, that, that was, uh, that was tough at times. All right, next one here. Do you guys think we should we should have done that question? What do you guys think about I liked your, it. about I'm your happy you guys are okay with it? it? Yeah. yeah. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one from No Dunks fan Christian. So I've been listening to you fellas since 2007 or so, and met you at All Star Jam session in Phoenix. But my favorite TBJ slash starter slash No Dunks fan brag is that I weaseled my way onto your set and got a picture sitting at the desk at Turner Studios while you were the starters. I was there for a meeting and slipped out unnoticed and asked someone to show me where you guys worked. I'd love to hear about your favorite fan brags. Doesn't have to be basketball. Tell me about one of your experiences as a fan. JD. Well, I'm terrible with celebrities. Uh, uh, I've met a few and I'm just like, you know, stuttering fool. Uh, And, uh, but the most memorable one, uh, was at the uh, the Toronto International Film Festival in 2006, uh, the year we started this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I, my friend worked there, and he got me tickets to the midnight showing of Borat. So it was the the world premiere, I think, of Borat. <laughs> so uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was there, and I was oh, I might meet Sasha Baron Cohen. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, where I ended up sitting, uh, Larry Charles was right in front of me, and Michael Moore was right beside me. Wow. So. And Larry Charles is, you know, uh, he's one of my heroes. He's a, a director, a director for Seinfeld for many years. He directed Borat, and he went on to direct Bruno. And uh, anyway, I was trying to, I was like, I got to say something to Larry Charles. This is, uh, it's incredible. Uh, and I, of course, I was by myself, so I, I didn't have anybody to sort of like pump me up or anything. <laughs> so uh, the movie started, and I was like, oh, damn it, I, I missed my chance. I'll, I'll, I'll say something after. I'll just, you know, say, wow, that was great. It would be the perfect opportunity. Right. It was right in front of me. Uh, but the projector broke 15 minutes into the <laughs> showing. Oh. Uh, and then he, Larry Charles, was livid. Like, he got up and he was screaming his head off and he, he stormed off. Uh, Michael Moore also got up. He tried to fix the projector and... Uh, 
per my friend, he actually made the projector worse. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and it ended up that uh, Michael Moore, Larry Charles were up on stage doing an impromptu, uh, uh, like a Q&A type of thing. And, uh, and then Sasha Baron Cohen came out and as Borat and apologized blamed the Jews and then that was the yeah, then the, oh that was my it God, what a crazy, crazy <laughs> that was it and then the the, the the movie didn't come back and we everybody just had to leave so that's my celebrity encounter wow wow great story Trey well everybody knows about my love affair with Guy Fieri and how we have slowly united over time just randomly jokingly messaged one day hey come judge, come judge our dunk contest and he responds all right so they came Years later, we're walking uh, in the bowels of the Spectrum Center. Is that what it's called? Charlotte's uh, Charlotte? thing? And Guy Fieri stops yeah, us. He's like, hey, why didn't you guys have me on the show? It's like, sorry, man. Didn't know you were going to be here. How do I get in touch with you? I'll take my phone number. I have Guy Fieri's phone number now. <laughs> I don't abuse it. Well, maybe once every six months. Just say, hey, what's up, guy? Nice. <laughs> Lowercase. Lowercase G. Nice. What's up, guy? Guy Fieri. Uh, skeets. Um... I have said this before. I get way more excited anytime I see um, a former Survivor contestant than I do any basketball player. Uh, despite being obviously a huge basketball fan, I just—it's uh, one of my my favorite things. It has been for 20 years. I'm so excited for season 40 coming up. But running in specifically to Survivor Ghost Island winner Wendell mm. here in Atlanta at a Hawks game. I mean, it was uh, it was beautiful. Uh, marrying both of my loves, Survivor and basketball. And there he is, and I'm just like, I just get so pumped. I'm so excited. Uh, and he was great. That was the other thing. Um, you know, he wasn't an asshole. He was, we, he, we talked to him for like 10 minutes. Um, so just anytime I get a chance to see a survivor in the wild, it's so exciting to me. <laughs> How do you recognize him in regular clothes? Yeah, no, I, honestly, I think uh, Nora first recognized him. I probably would have walked right by him, wow. and, uh, and Nora caught him. Nora's got a survivor eye. She saw, she saw Ozzy. I, was, I wasn't with her. I think she was in L.A. Uh, on a girl's trip. She saw Ozzy, and, and she's seen someone else, too. Yeah, so, so jealous. And you saw Boston Rob once, too. Did see him, yeah. yeah. Never got a chance to talk to him. I'd love to. Oh, my God. And I did have a little back and forth with uh, Survivor 14, I believe you won, Earl. Um, I think it's Fiji. We were at an All-Star Weekend, I think, and we were talking about the possibility. It was in L.A., uh, maybe trying to hook up with him at some point. It never happened, but uh, he seemed like a nice guy, too. God. I I just love it. Okay, last one here. In an article on ESPN, Malika Andrews profiles the Nets' DeAndre Jordan and describes him as, quote, the self-appointed locker room mediator, tension reliever, and humorist. He's fluffing Jared Allen's fro pregame. He's calling Spencer Dinwiddie the professor because he's so smart. He even once was able to bring Nick center Mitchell Robinson out of his shell by telling him, man, you got a big-ass nose. He was like, what? And I was like, yeah, let me look at it from the side. And then he started laughing. What's something you do to keep things light? JD. Well, I'm not really known for the farts here in the office, but uh, at home, I am pretty good at uh, placing a well-timed fart when things are getting serious or uh, gloomy in the house. Uh, Kind of a la Fat Bastard in uh, Austin Powers by Shagney. Right, right. You know, after his his speech about how he, he eats because he's fat and he's fat because he eats. And then there's that great fart at the end of it. That's me at my house. Whenever I'm, if things are getting too serious at home, I, I can't handle it, so I just fart. I'm actually offended. 
I know, I'm me offended. too. You, you have be. these funny farts and you're not sharing it them It just with never us. gets that serious and gloomy around yeah, here. Yeah, that, that is true. And you got all of us farting as it is. That's so. right. Yeah. Farting on demand. Wow. What a yeah. skill. Well, that's right. It's got to save them for home. Exactly. Yeah. they got to be chambered. <laughs> Train, next one. Uh, I make personalized memes, you know. You'll see uh, any sort of meme that exists for all of Twitter will then exist for our friends or, uh, you know, like a group chat, something like that. There was a, a long-running Matt Austin bit uh, of him holding something and <laughs> just saying various phrases that, you know, anytime he would say something poop-related, it would make it on its way onto a meme. I just like to take internet culture and bring it mm, to pri- the private sphere. Mm. Yeah, you're good at that. Mm. Skeet. Um, I think maybe sort of along those lines, cracking jokes about what I will call in quotations like coworkers. But what I mean by that are, are like people that we all know that like work in this building, uh, be it like an office manager or the security guard that wants to talk about his diet all the time. It's like, <laughs> just like, you know, everybody here knows it. So the odd joke, uh, you know, to lighten the mood or whatever, it's a bonding experience for us with all of these sort of like outsiders, uh, not that are against us, but they're just a part of our weird lives. But I also think the answer to try and keep things light is asking Lee as many follow-up questions about whatever he is talking <laughs> about, because that is where we just get gold, be it on the podcast or when the mics are turned off. Uh, I just think we lo- I just love asking Lee questions about yep. his thought process and anything. So I think that helps. I'm really surprised you didn't yell at him for dropping his kombucha bottle nah, cap earlier nah, in the they- show. It was like mid. <laughs> ah, the mics didn't pick that up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ah, nah. And that one, I saw it and I thought about saying something, but uh, pure accident on my man Lee's part. <laughs> You know he'll miss he'll miss a layup inside and he'll fumble a kombucha cap, but uh, the man's money from three. That's it for all rapid right. fire. That is it for rapid fire. That's a long one. Uh, thanks so much for downloading and listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you were listening to this on your commute, whether it's a a good or a bad one. Don't forget to rate and review No Dunks on Apple Podcasts. We don't ask for much, but five stars, baby, when you can. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. Keep your emails coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. What are you doing this weekend, Lee? Got anything planned? Yeah, we do have something on. What is that? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. The wife's been out this week, so uh, our schedule's a little off, but there's definitely something on the calendar Sunday afternoon. Like what? Like a birthday party? Uh, some or sort of play event? date, get-together get thing. Yeah, I don't know where it is, though. What do you do with the other dads when you're on the play date or, or other moms? Well, just... It just depends on, on who the dad is. Some, some dad you're tight with. Some dads want to talk ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And some dads just want to chill. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want to do? Are you a chill dad? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to talk ball because the dads, you know, the dads really just want to just unload on you their opinions. Yeah. And, you know, like I had one guy telling me about how good Jonas Allen Tunis was one time. Yeah. Well, he's not wrong. I was like, yeah, he's, he's fine. But he was like, no, this guy's a Hall of Fame. And I'm like, well, 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 but, you know, he, I didn't, he didn't really want to hear a counter argument. He just no. wanted to tell me. He just loved Valentunas. And I was like, all right. So after about half an hour of him telling me about Valentunas, I'm just like, yeah, he's going to the Hall of Fame, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think my kid fell down. See you later, man. All right, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, in more horse talk, According to SB Nation, basketballer LaMelo Ball has had his season in Australia come to an end because of an injury, and he's going to spend more time with his horse 
LAMELLO. I yell it because his name is written in all caps. His horse's name is LAMELLO. (laughs) (laughs) It's a true story. I'm pretty sure. It's not April Fool's. No, it's true. It's true. It's out there. This is is a whole emergency pod. We got to talk about LAMELLO Ball's horse, LAMELLO. All right, you'll hear from us later. (laughs) Embrace the weekend, people. Good touch on.